For Black History Month, I am beyond thrilled to share time and space with Serena Lewis. Our conversation together revolved around giving back and her critical work as the Academy Director of Words, Beats, and Life and what brings her joy. I am excited to present this episode to you. Serena Lewis was born and raised in New York and recently relocated to the DMV area. She earned a bachelor's degree in political science with a minor in African-American studies from the Pennsylvania State University and her Juris Doctorate with a concentration in international law from Western Michigan University. While studying at Penn State, Serena became a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She attributes her love and passion for education and supporting the youth to her father, who has always been a staple in his community as a football coach. Serena believes all youth deserve access to resources that are necessary to succeed in life. And that is why organizations like Words, Beats, and Life are important. So welcome to the Joy of Learning podcast. I am so excited to have Serena Lewis with us today. Serena, how are you doing? Hi, Joy. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I'm doing okay. (laughs) You know, life, life is very lifey these days, Mm -hmm. but doing well, I I won't complain. How are you? There you go with the life is life. It's like, there's something new every day. And I think we're trying to like figure it out. I have to say, I feel like life is like risk analysis right now or managing risk. Yeah. I, you know, and expectations because people have a whole lot of expectations. Yeah. Yeah. We do, have, yes, expectations. So it's I have to manage that too. And so, man, it, it's been it's been a heck of a January. But the days are starting to get longer, so I'm a little bit happier, I think, and brighter. And it's yes. not as cold right now. It's getting better where the snow is actually melting. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's been um, it's been cold here, um, which I'm not. I mean, cold doesn't really bother me. Okay. Being from New York and living in cold states, but I just didn't expect it as much here in Maryland. And um, it wasn't like that last winter. It seems exceptionally cold this winter, yes. but it's okay. And you're right. The sunshine is starting to shine a little bit more. So that, that makes anybody happy. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to like spring. Can you hit? We want to be outside. Not that we're not outside, right. be outside, outside. <laughs> If, if you know just that. outside, literally, like yes. we don't have to do anything <laughs> that will get us, you know, sick or do anything unhealthy, just literally just go outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Tell me about it. And so, yeah. you know, I, as, as we're talking, it's Black History Month. And so I wanted to ask you, what is Black History Month? What does it mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, for me, it's just it means like just Black excellence, you know, and it's a time to continue to highlight, highlight, you know, amazing people of color, like American history is black history and vice versa. So um, sometimes I struggle with saying like, oh, it's just black history month, because like, black history month is every day, you know, and (laughs) like, literally every single day. Again, Yes. And it's like, you know, it's just a time to really empower young black minds in my world even you know like um just showing not the trauma 
of our people, but just like the joys and the achievements. And it's just amazing times to highlight that. And I think it's important that we do that, you know, like we all know where everything came from, but like, where are we going, yes. you know, and, and, and where, like, what are the great things that we've already done that don't get highlighted? So I just, it just means a lot to me, period, to just be able to celebrate our people, our accomplishments, and just continue to, like, just have this, like, Black magic, you know, <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just continue to just have all this excellence and just highlight it yes. in a positive way. Yes, you know, that's so important because honestly, when we look at the news, the circulation of the news is very traumatic, um, mm -hmm. even right now and as we speak <laughs> and yeah. in terms of what's happening. And so I, just highlighting some of the joy and, and joy we can experience, you know, or the magic, the black girl magic, the black boy joy, like these are things that we should be highlighting too, um, because trauma, I mean, hearing it consistently all the time, it's a lot and it weighs, it weighs on us. And so, yeah. yeah. And like, I just want like people, not even just young people, all of us like to just know, like we are black history. Like we're currently black history. Like the things that we are doing yes. are moving mountains and moving and making change, you know? Yes. So like continue to celebrate that, continue to be empowered and, just it's just like so crazy like whenever I just had this conversation with one of my peers because we were talking about what we were going to do for black history mm -hmm. and um somebody was like highlighting things from like slavery and I was like mm -hmm. why do we keep highlighting the trauma like there's all these amazing inventors there's all of these amazing people in medicine and law and art and like there's so much beauty and magic and achievement and just positivity to highlight why are we harping on the trauma? I'm not saying forget where we came from yes, yes. or forget the struggle. I'm just saying at some point, like, let's promote the good. <laughs> you know, like we're already so tired. This, this yes. <laughs> last two years have been a lot. <laughs> so. Oh gosh, it, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot. And we think back to all the years, I believe Trayvon Martin's birthday would have already passed. Um, and I don't know, I'm thinking about how long ago that was, but not that long. And just, it's been, I mean, even beforehand, but still that one, that time resonates a lot. And so I don't know, we, we have, there has to be some sort of balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yes. So that resilience is always there, but we, we have to make sure we pull out that joy in the resilience so that we can move forward. So yeah, fantastic point, powerful point. So yeah, I, I wanted to, well, sort of shift conversations and, and talk a little bit about your journey. And so right now you're the academic, oh, <laughs> oh is there more that you want to share? No, I just was like, gosh, my journey. <laughs> <laughs> Did it sound like when someone says um, testimony, I'm about to tell my testimony. Did you feel that? It's just, no, it's, I mean, I get it. I get that, you know, the story is, is my testimony and it can be, um, a plan for somebody else so that's why I try to be mm -hmm. very transparent because it can help others in ways that I honestly would never think it would so that, that's something I've come to realize in the last yeah. few years yeah. um, with sharing you know my own trauma or loss and yeah. and even you know my my achievements so yeah um, but yeah it was just like whenever I says tell me about your journey I'm like oh okay <laughs> is there anything in your journey that you would like to highlight 
is there something that you feel that really could reach out and touch someone just in this moment that you feel like is just relevant? Let's just jump to it. I think it's, um, I, I think the two biggest parts that can be helpful are uh, the early part of my journey and then what has just happened during this time of like pandemic, mm-hmm. um, you know, pandemic time. So I think it's not like a linear mm-hmm. part, <laughs> you know, it's a little chopped up. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably the most helpful. <laughs> so can we talk a little bit earlier in your career? Tell me about that. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, growing up, I was basically told what I was going to be, you know, I, I, it wasn't really too many options. I I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, Uh and my dad was like, no, you can be a doctor, you can be an attorney. Um, and I didn't really understand that growing up. I just was like, all right, I was a rule follower. So if my dad told me that's what it had to be, that's what it had to be. Uh And, you know, and, and I had my grades, I played my sports, I did what I wanted. Even through college, I say, I still did the same things, you know, stayed the course. Um, I deviated a little bit with certain things that he wasn't against, but he didn't think I would do like AKA and stuff like that. But he's also like my biggest cheerleader in all of these things. Um, And then, you know, going to law school, it was a struggle. It was not easy. Um, You know, I almost failed out. I... And I did not tell my dad. Mm-hmm. And when I finally did tell him, he mm-hmm. was like, you're already a success. Like, all right, if this doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, because he was this is the same dad that told me when I would bring home a test that was 103 out of 106, why didn't you get 106? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so, and, and, and he was always just trying to push me to be my best, yeah. but it also... Uh, led to me, you know, having the spirit of overachieving and being this person with like high functioning anxiety, because I always want to do my best. And then I'm always overthinking, like, did I do my best? How did that come across all these different things? So, you know, the best father I could have ever had, and still to this day, Um, but they did the best they could with what they knew. And, you know, I had to come to realize like, his best is not my best, you know, and I can do better. And that's what he wants for me too, honestly. Like, I feel like that's what any parent wants for their kids is for them to be healthy and happy and be better than them, you know? So um, I did, I did it all. I went through, you know, (laughs) you know, got into work um, after graduating law school and I was miserable, like Mm -hmm. truly miserable. Um, And it just, I I wasn't, I knew that I didn't like the work that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that I was working in a space where I thought I was helping the community, but it was in a corporate sense where it's like, you can help them to a certain point Mm -hmm. because everything's about money, you know? And it just wasn't, it just didn't make me feel fulfilled at all. Yeah. So I used to always have these moments of, giving my time to young people, because that's where I always found joy, even as a young person. You know, that's what I grew up around. My dad mentored many young men as a football coach, and I had to share my dad my entire life with, like, (laughs) numerous of his players, many which were my friends at the time and still are, you know, and consider themselves my brothers to this day. Um, But I knew at a very young age that I had to share my dad with the world in a way that I didn't really want to, you know, but... I did it because I understood that 
these young men needed him. And it's just always been ingrained in me to like give back. And the way that I feel most useful is with young people, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that's, they need it, you know, like it's hard enough in this world for, for anybody, let alone our young people who have really been struggling through this time that we're currently in. Yes. And I know how it feels to have an adult believe in you that's not your parent, Hmm. you know, and be there for you. Your parents kind of have to, for the most part, you know, like you love your kids. You're always going to support them. Even when they're wrong, you're going to tell them they're wrong, but you're still there. Yes. You know, good parents. I know that's not everybody's story, (laughs) but that's the good parents, you know? Yes, yes. So it's like, of course you're going to be my cheerleader, but like when somebody else, another adult really believes in you, I don't know what it is, but it just like, transforms the experience yeah it's just like a warm hug and transforms everything and you know it just it it just helps you succeed like you hear things differently sometimes even most of the time they're saying the same thing your parents said like let's be honest you know so you know but it's like hearing it from someone else it's like wow and I must actually be doing something right because this person doesn't have to believe in me but they do Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to you, I think one of the most powerful points that I'm taking away is just self-awareness and just knowing who you are and how that translates into the work that you're doing. And it's what keeps you ticking. And I think that's so powerful because a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, they may have been told over the years, this is what you have to be, right? In order to be success. And they're not able to sort of dig in and I just love how you dug in I think that's- well Joy that's a new development oh. <laughs> let me be honest <laughs> that is a new development when I turned 30 um, I'm 34 now I'll be 35 this year when I turned 30 I had a moment of I won't curse but it was like man forget all this I'm doing what I want And I took that as a step to say, like, I'm living my life for myself, you know, and the people that love me and care for me will just be happy that I'm happy. Like, as long as I'm not hurting anybody or hurting myself, nobody's really gonna care, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, people cared. (laughs) And there were a whole lot of opinions. But, you know, we came to a compromise where it's like, I'm good and I'm happy. And, you know, people are just really on board with the life I decided to live now. And um, at the height of the, <laughs> at the height of COVID and the pandemic, and I was leaving New York City to quarantine in Maryland and all these different things, um, you know, I lost my job. I was laid off unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I wanted to leave, right? But I wanted to leave on my own terms. And I had been trying to figure out like, how do I make this same money? How do I make good money to be able to live in New York City alone, but still be happy? Yeah. And it, I just couldn't figure out that formula. <laughs> you know? like, so um, it was weird. It was like, I was mad, but I was also super thankful mm. because I took it as an empowering push to do what I really felt like I'm here to do and like what my purpose is. And I was like, all right, all right, God, I see you. Like, I, I feel you, you're pushing yes. me out the door yes. now, <laughs> like, oh. you know? And it was a weird feeling. Cause like, I was mad, I was upset, but I also was like, thank you. So yeah, mm-hmm. it just, it helps. <laughs> and so I, I would love to transition that into the work that you're doing right now with words, beats and life. And so um, could you tell us a little bit about your organization? 
Yeah, so Words, Beats, and Life is a nonprofit here in D.C. that um, they uplift and empower the community through hip-hop and art forms closely related. Mm-hmm. So they do that through through building community, but also just love, like loving on one another, loving on, you know, our young people, all of that. And the part that I run is the academy, which is a part of our arts education priority. And it's for students ages 12 to 22. Mm-hmm. And um, it's literally an after school program. Yeah. And in the summer, it's like a summer camp, but it's so much more than that. Like we help our young people learn life skills, yes. social, and emotion, social and emotional skills. Mm-hmm. They also just can be in a community where they can just be themselves. Yes. Like, you know, kids can be mean and harsh. So coming into this space where it's like, I'm working with kids that are like middle school, high school, early college, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. But these young people are so kind and compassionate. Like they literally support one another. Like it's, it's so beautiful to see. Like I thought I would have to be talking to people like, don't talk bad about other people's art. You know, if you're going to criticize, let it be constructive. You know, that's what we say. You know, you have to be in a place to be able to take criticism on your work, but also give it. But there's a way to not do it in a mean way. Yeah. We need to have to have those conversations. Like these young people are just so gentle with one another and they're so they're equally as brilliant as they are talented. Mm-hmm. And I just I just love it, you know, and I love I love being a part of their lives. I love interacting with them and, you know, we have all these classes for them. So they do yeah. DJing, poetry, oh, um, gosh, graffiti, oh, my comic God. creation, beat production, hip hop dance. Like there's so many different oh, classes so that I know and they're free. Oh, <laughs> and it's free. Wow. It's free. We work solely off of grants and donations. So it can, you know, it can be tough. (laughs) It can be tough. You're trying to make, you know, a miracle with very little budget, but yeah, it's free. It's free for our young people that need it most. Um, And we don't ask them for anything, but to show up, you know, and be their best selves and try their best. And we really just help them grow as young artists and we help them build artistic portfolios that they can get into art school or gain work off of their art. And it's just really, it's amazing. And wow. even on the other side, like all of our teachers are artists from the area. So we're empowering them. A lot of them have never been teachers before. Wow. We just thought they're really good at their art. So yes. we're like, oh, come in, let us train you. Mm-hmm. And you can teach this class. Yes. You know, be the teacher that you needed. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. That's impactful. That's a pipeline, right? And like you're, yeah. <laughs> that is a pipeline, literally. Um, for these young people. And I, I think that's incredible. So, I mean, a lot of times when we hear pipeline, we tend to hear um, the school to prison pipeline, right? Or we we tend to hear whether it's um, with homelessness or whether or not it's with adoption, but to hear pipeline used, uh, or at least to think of it in this in these terms, it's incredible, especially for the community that you're serving. So, yeah, and there are, there are instances that like we are we are these young people's safe space, you know, like we, we've had some homeless children that we are connecting to resources and we have, you know, work that we do with jails and detention centers. Mm -hmm. Um, We have work that comes through us through, we, we offer community service hours through our programs. We've been approved by some of the schools in the area. Um, So, and, and a lot of times we're just a safe space. Like maybe your home life is not 
yes you know positive or as great for you and it's like well you can come here you know and you can do this and and it's things that I think I always took for granted because I had a good home life yeah you know like I knew it happened um but seeing it and being in it and knowing the right thing to do for these young people is, is it's challenging but it's also fulfilling to know that like, even if they get some reprieve for these few hours, yes, you know, or somebody finally said something good to them today, like, yes, that's the best we can do. And that's, that's what we try to do. That's amazing. And it's incredible. I am just, I mean, everything that you've said and just the work that the organization is doing, it's powerful and impactful. So I don't even know. Interview. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. I mean, it's incredible to see, right? And yeah, there, there's definitely more that I like. I'm thinking through, but of course, um, we can definitely find another time that we can discuss, <laughs> or at least to take think through that. I'll, I'll probably edit that segment out. But anyway, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And so another thing I noticed that it, you have an extensive, the portfolio is pretty impressive of the programs um, that you run. I, I took some time to just read through and I was really impressed. Um, and so in what ways is your organization looking to expand and develop? Because I, I, oh, I gosh, yeah. are, are we in other locations? Um, how else can anyone find out about um, WBL? Yeah, so we currently um, are offering our programs virtually, so that allows us to touch more young people's lives. Um, and it will probably stay that way, even once, you know, we're out of this pandemic, whatever that is, um, because it just takes away that transportation piece for our young people. You know, they can live two neighborhoods away, but maybe they can't afford the bus or, um, or their parents don't think it's safe for them to be on the bus or the train or whatever it is. So it's just, we just touch more lives this way. Um, but we are continuing to grow just as an organization. Um, we will be starting a fellowship for, <laughs> for people to be able to apply to, I believe, the application drops in April and it's being announced in March. Mm -hmm. And that fellowship is really um, a space for creatives that maybe have these amazing ideas mm -hmm. and they just don't have the power or resources behind to actually have them come to fruition. You know, so we're, we're literally gonna be like giving them some money that we've been awarded a grant for in order to allow them to build their program, you know, build, build their event basically. And hopefully it'll be something amazing for them. So it's really giving back yeah. to, you know, the creative sector. Wow. Um, yeah. And as well as that, like we do a bunch of um, in-school programming for schools in the DC public, um, sorry, the DC area. So for DC public schools, mm -hmm. um, and we come in at like, all different times during the day, sometimes over lunch, sometimes like this, our classes are in lieu of their art classes because a lot of schools have taken art out. Yes. yes. And art is like literally just like painting, like just like visual art, which is fine and all, but maybe they don't have music. Maybe they well, don't is, like dive into that. Yeah, it's so it's wide, it's so bad. Like, yeah. Yeah, so we have a bunch of contracts where we go into schools and we're offering, you know, our programming there. Um, so that's a great place. And then, you know, we get some students that come and join us at our normal academy. And in the summer, we've actually run some summer camps for local organizations and stuff like that. So we're continuing to expand and have all these different 
partnerships. We've been partnering with the DC Library for programming and um, it just keeps growing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. Wow, that is really awesome. Like that's yeah. great to hear. So it's like all, all of these different avenues that you're looking to in some shape or form impact to affect change. And so, I mean, it, it's really incredible to hear. Yeah, wow. we want to be able to create, you know, young artists, but also young entrepreneurs or any age entrepreneur, honestly, like, you know, our fellowship, I don't believe there's an age limit on that, you know? Hey. So somebody can be, 30 or 40 years old and be like, I've always wanted to create this nonprofit, but I never knew how to do it or I never had the resources to do it. And we're like, okay, like yeah. here, yeah. <laughs> you know, get it done. And so. I love, I mean, it, so many times I feel like we are given these cutoffs and ages, like you have until here to here to do this and here to here yeah. to do that. And so I love that it's broad um, and again, encompassing different age groups too. So, yeah, wow. and we're really working to, um, so we have an additional program at the Academy called our college material program. Okay. And that's literally for any of our Academy students. And we give them, there's a curriculum that we work through with them where they learn about like, what is college? <laughs> you know, how do you choose one? How do you afford it? Yeah. How do you do your essays? Where can I find scholarships? Wow. okay, I'm here. How do I stay here? Yes. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole array of things. And we have volunteer college material coaches that, you know, from all different walks of life, some are CEOs, some are just out of college, some are from the area, you know, and just want to give back that we match with our young people to help them through these things. And, you know, we are of the feeling of everybody's college material, Yes, you know, no, I don't do not like when people count our kids out, you know, yeah. like college might be too hard. So go get a trade. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with a trade. You can have an amazing life. You can, you know, like that's not it, but like reach for the stars yes. and the stars are in our minds, education, you know, because yeah. in today's world, it's very hard to get anywhere without education Yes, or without some type of in, you know? So we're hmm. trying to do the things that like the guidance counselors don't have the time to do because they've got so many students like yes. so many of our students never even get to meet with their guidance counselor they don't even know what college is which is why they don't feel it's for them yeah so we're just trying to educate and you know share all the knowledge we can and empower them to want to go to college want to really build a life for themselves and if for some reason they know college isn't for them maybe they've tried it or maybe they're like it's just not feasible for what I have to do Yes. All right. Well, what's your what's your plan going to be? Let us help you with that. Yes. You know, yeah. but we always start with college. Like all of our young people are more than capable of getting a four year degree and beyond. Yes. You know, they just have to be empowered and encouraged to do so because yes. nobody's ever telling them that. Yes. Yes. And more. Yes. Yes. And more. Yes. And so I, I wanted to, of course, uh, we we're talking about WBL, we're talking about your journey and sort of how that journey led you to WBL. Um, but I, I wanted to know, how do you find joy, Serena? As oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So funny thing is that has been my word for the last two years <laughs> to, you know, joy 
and finding more joy and yes. empowering myself to not feel guilty to have joy, mm. you know, and yeah. all of those things. So, I mean, for me, I find joy through, it's a few different things, right? Like one living in my truth. Yes. Like, and then making sure that that truth is aligning with what I feel my purpose is mm. because yeah. I, I just don't want to live my life for others. And I just don't want to spend my time in life just going through motions, you know, like work can be hard, sure, but if there's no joy and passion behind it, like it's just miserable, you know? And then also like, I just, I just put, try to put myself first. And I know that is a hard thing for many people to hear (laughs) because especially black women, and I am not always succeeding at it, but I have to pour into myself in order to be able to pour into others Yes, and give myself grace. <laughs> you know, like we give so many people so much grace, but we tend to not do that for ourselves. And we tend to be these strong women and that's great. That's fine. But it's hard to, for me anyway, it's hard to find that immense joy in just being strong. Right. Hmm. Because with joy, there's vulnerability, at least in my mind. And I can't do that and I can't be joyful (laughs) if I'm not being vulnerable with myself to even understand what truly makes me happy. So it's, it's, it's still, it's a journey. It's a journey for me to find that joy and continue to search for it. But um, I'm I'm still trying, but joy is with my loved ones. (laughs) Joy is with God. Yes. Um, joy is just with these young people yes. and just like, just love. Like, you know, I try to leave with love and, and that yes. brings me joy, yes. you know, cause if anything, mm. I know that I met these people with joy mm. and, and love and hopefully, hopefully they felt love in those moments. That mm. brings me so much joy because this world is just hard. Yes. And with that, Serena, I really want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I feel like we need a part two because there's so <laughs> much more to cover that I feel like we did not. I'm down. To. Let me know. I mean, there's so much that we did not get to because I have more questions. Like I have more <laughs> questions and I want to learn. Like, man, there's no joy without vulnerability. I'm still, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on that right now. Yeah, think through it. It's going to mean something different to you. But I know for me, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was never happy when I was so stuck in what I had to be mm-hmm. and what I was told to be um, and what the world told me I had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me being real with myself and being really at my lowest um, to realize like that's that's not joy, <laughs> you know, and I and and I am not able to find my joy when I'm pretending what an incredible way to end our episode especially when it comes to finding joy and so i thought that i share how i found joy this week and i was so ecstatic for the historic nomination of katanji brown jackson to the supreme court It was such a historic moment. Um, In the midst of this month, there's been many historic moments, especially if we're discussing um, the invasion of the Ukraine. And so in the midst of all of this, I just really would love to encourage each and every one of you to find joy. 
Really ask yourself that question. How do you find joy? Reflect on it. It will make a difference in your week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to the Joy of Learning podcast.